Hey there, and welcome to Echo City Church's podcast. Our mission is to echo the heart of God to those far from Him so that you can find your purpose and your belonging. So let's get into the word here from our new sermon series, Campfire Stories. Campfire Stories, man, isn't that awesome? How many guys have enjoyed this series, even though it's only been one so far? Anyone with me? I got three. That's good. That's all I need. You see, today um, I got a lot of comments about my pants. Hey, listen, I'm just going to go do an 18 hole after this. I'm just getting ready. Man, I look like one person said I look like a character in Caddyshack. Hey, um, listen, uh, I, um, I'm excited. I, I wanted to come and I wanted to get excited about today because I know what God has in store for today. I know what God's going to do. And this incredible series has been doing a great work in people's lives already. And uh, I don't know about you, but I am stoked about the idea of God in my story. I know this is that my story, when it's made for my own glory, I don't get to see a lot of good things happen. But I know when Jesus is in my story, I, I see incredible things happen, and it gives me a lot to talk about. Amen? And that's why we call this thing Campfire Stories. You see, we're centering our, our kind of talk around, our collection of talks around the book of James. Now, if you don't know anything about the Bible, I want to kind of give you some backstory. You see, James, the guy who wrote this, was one of the first people to write in what we call the New Testament. He was one of the first people, and what he saw, and if you don't know this, he saw Jesus at every stage of his life. You know why? James was the half-brother of Jesus. And you know what's even cooler? If you're non-Christian in this room and someone drug you into the, into the room today, you're like, Can I, I don't want to be around people, coronavirus, it's scary. But they're like, you're coming anyway. And you walked in the door, and you're sitting there, and you're saying, why am I here? I'm going to let you know. James, he identified himself, and he said this, my name is James. I am a servant of my half-brother Jesus, and now I'm going to call him Lord. Now, if you know anything about sibling rivalry, I would never call my brother Lord. Ever. I would call him other names, but never Lord. So if you're non-Christian in the room today... If you call your brother Lord, he must have done something. Amen? And so James is now saying, I am now a servant. He was the leader of what they call the Jewish church. And so James was the leader. And what happened was there was so much persecution that the church was scattered abroad. And they were so afraid. And there, it was so scary that they were like, man, we cannot follow Jesus anymore. And James says, hey, listen. The best story is always the most scariest story. And what we need to realize is those scary stories that come into your life are going to make the best people for Jesus. Amen? Come on. Is it my, you guys are alive today? You awake? I know you got less hours of sleep, but you can still help a brother out up here. I got nice plaid pants for you today. So hook me up. I'm having fun. It's okay. We have a little fun in church. We believe church shouldn't be in endured. Amen. We believe it should be enjoyed. So let's have a little fun today. You see, 
we believe as, as, a, as followers of Jesus that this word can change your life. Anyone believe that with me today? We don't believe that this word is just something we kind of talk about. We believe that this word can change our very existence. A lot of people say it's ancient text and it doesn't, res- I mean, come on, let's be real. This thing has done more work in my life and made me a better person than any book I've ever read. And just like any brand out there, how many guys know when you love a brand, when you like, you're like, I want to get to know LeBron James and how he plays, you watch a lot of LeBron James, Amen. If you want to get into the Nuggets because they're finally winning, come on, somebody. You're going to watch more Nuggets games. Can I tell you, you want to get closer to God? You want to be his brand to this world? I'm telling you, you got to get closer to this word. And the closer you get, the more you look like the brand, talk like the brand, walk like the brand. And I'll tell you what, it's life, life, and more life. Anyone in the room can give me an amen. Has Jesus changed your life, made you better? I'm having fun today. Hey, listen, let's dive in. Let's dive in. James chapter 1. We are talking a lot about this idea of trials. Last week, we talked about the mature pathway to joy. And how many guys know it's always centered around trials? That trials give you the strength to get to the next trial. And you know what's crazy? And this is where I love James and his thought process. He says, now the next thing is the, the, you, you have to be patient in trials, and it's hard, and it's difficult, but when you go through trials, you are going to have what we call a temptation to get out. How many of you guys have ever been through a rough time, and you're like, I'm done, I'm out. It's scary. And I don't know about you, but when things get scary, we always go back to the familiar. Anyone know what I'm talking about? When things get scary, we move to what satisfies. When things get a little tumultuous, we are tempted to move away. And I'm going to tell you today, the worst thing you can do is go back into the known because the known brought you to where you're at. I want you to think like this awesome character called Elsa. And say, I'm going to go into the unknown. Come on, that's my sermon title today. Put it up. Into the unknown. So calling. I don't want to go. I got blue. I got dressed up for Elsa today. You're saying, why, why would you use Elsa? Because, um... How many of you guys know, uh, anyone married in the room? Anyone married, lift your hands up. Give it up for the married people. Now, if you're single, lift up your hands. Come on, give it up. Look around. I know it's dark, but this might be a chance. But uh, I'm, I'm about ready to get into the book of James, but I want to kind of lay some foundation before we do. You see, um, I, me and my wife differ on entertainment packages. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I'm... My wife loves uh, these kind of romantic shows. Any girls in the room, like Hallmark, you like, the, I love the woo girls. Woo! Hallmark! She, my wife would be a woo girl with you. Woo! 
You see, but the thing is this, is uh, how many of you guys know Hallmark never changed my life? The stories are put on repeat, just different characters. Amen? You go through it. You're, it's painful. It's difficult. And then, like, you find the person you love. Oh, it's so beautiful. Something happens. You're about ready to break up until one person decides to step out and change. And then it's a love story. Oh, isn't that beautiful? No. Listen, Hallmark never changed my, my life. You know what changed my life? John Mark Rambo. You know what I'm saying? Rocky, Rudy, I love stories that you think all is lost, but hey, someone steps in and they kind of go in. So what we have to do, me and my wife, we have to kind of say, what's one thing we like? And you know what one thing we can agree on? Disney movies. Disney movies. We just, it's just my kids like them, I like them, she likes them, whole family likes them. It's just a good time because it always has a good ending and it's kind of cool, but there's one that that just came out, and if you haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry, spoiler, I'm going to talk a lot about Frozen 2. Anyone like Frozen 2? My... Yeah, that's like me and my wife. She hates it. She goes, it's not like Frozen 1. It's Frozen 1, it's better. Sequels are always wrong. And I tell you what, when I watched Frozen 2, I saw something about the Christian life that I've never seen before. You see, I saw a story of a young lady named Elsa, and she stands there, and she's looking, and someone will be like, what does this have to do with the Bible? I'm getting there. She goes, and she's, she's sitting there, and she's hearing this calling, what is that? I don't know. She goes into this song, and I'm sitting there like, what's going on here? Something, it's crazy. She's hearing things. Put her in a psych ward. But she's called, and she's called into this unfamiliar land, into this unfamiliar place. And she's going into this unknown area, and she's singing about it. And then she gets to a point where she realizes the world is in desperate need of this, this, this past that's going to attack her, this past that's, that's happened way in the back. And she looks and says, someone needs to do something about the pain. Someone needs to do something about this pain of the past. And I'm going to say, I'm going to be the one who stands up. And I'm going to follow a calling that's in front of me, even though it's scary. You see, this is cool because James, he kind of says the same thing here. James chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 16. He starts off and he says, I want you to know something. A lot of you, when you go through trials, I want you to know something. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Basically, the word deceived here is wander off course. And he says, listen, don't wander off course. Don't, want, don't wander off course, my friends. Because listen, every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? Above, coming down from where? God, the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or change, or, or change of shadow. Can I just, what is basically saying? God has a good gift for you. God is not a vindictive kind of a person. He only has good gifts. He's not a person that gives you bad gifts. He, he loves you, he cares for you, and he gives you good gifts. Good gifts. And he says, I have good gifts. 
of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. The word of truth. He brought us forth. Everything you've gone through, everything you've gone through, he has a forward for you. And he goes, I brought you forward that you should be a kind of first fruits of his creation. Let me break that down for you. He's saying this. James is looking at you and he's saying, you have a purpose. You have a belonging in Jesus, so much so that you are going to, what this says, be a pioneer of the regenerative love to our world. He's saying, you have a calling to go into the world and be the regenerative pioneers of love and, 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 and hope and joy. But can I tell you, he says, the problem is this, that when you walk into the unknown, when you walk into the unknown, our greatest fears always come to the surface. How many have ever been there? I'm going to follow Jesus. One year, I go to church every day. Then the coronavirus comes out. <laughs> There's people there. I, I, I can't. No, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay safe. I'm not going to touch anyone. And can I tell you, yes, the coronavirus is scary. But I, people have come up to me and they're like, you need to pray for the coronavirus. I said, listen. What, how do you want me to pray? Do you want me to pray it like away? Or do you want me to pray that it takes all of us so we can actually go to heaven and actually have a chill day up there? Don't ask me to pray. I'll pray crazy. Because listen, listen, it will settle the debate like do I want to be here or do I want to go up there? And see, this is, the, this is where I want us to understand. I want us to get this in our spirit. Yeah, the coronavirus is scary. But listen... I grew up in Y2K. We survived it. We grew up in West Vile, West Nile. I survived it. The pigs, swine flu, I survived it. I'm still standing. If I'm standing now, God will take care of you. He'll take care of me. We don't got to worry. Some people are like, I'm still scared. I get it. But you know what's more scary than the coronavirus? You know what's more scary? Being deceived into places you never want to go. Actually having a calling inside of you and being deceived, wandering off course into places that you're not supposed to go. You know and I know those wandering situations have led you into places that have taken your life, that have taken your joy, that have taken your peace. And so James comes in and he says, can you do me a favor, y'all? Don't wander off course. Don't be deceived. Don't go to places you're not supposed to go because when you do go there, I'm going to tell you, it will take away what's inside of you. Because listen, we're supposed to be the regenerative properties to the world. And I want you to write this down. The enemy to your regenerative properties, the energy, the enemy of your regeneration will always be deception will always be deception. You are the love to this world. And can I just tell you, the enemy wants you to be deceived.
You see, this, this wander off course that James used, this do not be deceived, don't wander off course, would have been known to the Jewish people of the time back there. Let me tell you why. You see, the Jewish people heard a story of what we call the Prince of Egypt. They hear a story about a, a group of, of Jewish people who were taken slavery and they were, they, were, they were radicalized and they were beat up and they were bruised and they were hurt. They were forced to make clay, clay bricks for the monument of somebody else. And when James says, do not be deceived, don't wander off course, every single one of their minds would have went back to Exodus, that time where Moses came in and delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Can I tell you, Jeff, that's a story not for them back then and there. It's a story for you and me. Moses is a sign for Jesus. And just like Moses got the Jewish people out of, of, of Egypt, the Jewish people out of Egypt, he's going to do the same thing for you and for me, that Jesus came down as a Moses for our day to deliver us out of sin. But guess what happened to the people? Guess what happened next? They are out into the wilderness, into the unknown. And when you ever walk into unknown places, the only thing you ever want to do is go back to what satisfies you. Because whenever you get scared, when things get scary, we want to go back to what satisfies us, right? You want to escape to things that satisfy you. But that escape has always led you into places you know you shouldn't go. Amen? And so just like these people, we're walking into unknown places and it scares us a little bit. But look what Paul the, Paul the Apostle, he said it to a Corinthian church that's a lot like America, who decides to do whatever they want, and it's all about them, and it never is about what God wants. And he said this, I want you to understand, and he goes this, look at this, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he says this, nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased. This, he's talking about the children of Israel walking and wandering off course. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. In the unknown, they were overthrown. Now, these things took place as an example for us. Listen, listen, this is that we may not desire evil as they did. When we're deceived, all Satan wants to do is put you back into all of your desires. Hear me today. This is where it's going to get crazy because the enemy doesn't have to destroy you. He just has to deceive you. The enemy doesn't have to destroy you because let's be real. We do that ourselves. We are the ones that sometimes ruin ourselves. And then we get to that place where we look up at God and say, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And we're so tempted out of what God has in front of us. Because let's be real, the enemy does not want you to walk into the places God has planned for you. Because if you do, it's life. Some people, I don't believe in the devil. He believes in you. He believes in you. And I knew this wasn't going to be one of those sermons that was going to be rowdy and yay. Because let's be real. Nobody wants to talk about sin. Do I dare, do I dare challenge? Do, I, do you challenge? Like, do I challenge myself to talk about this? 
Do I talk about this in a world that talks about do whatever you want, you do you, but when you do you, you ruin everybody around us and the world gets darker and darker and darker? The more you do you, the more <laughs> what you do ruins people around you. Do, do we talk about this? No. We don't want to talk about this. But James didn't care. <laughs> I love James. James is a savage. And he says this in James chapter 1. Verse, I think, let me just make sure I got the right verse. For 13, James chapter 1, 13. He says this, and he goes, and he says this. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. God is not going to tempt you with sin. It's not God. God is a God of good gifts. He loves you. It's like me trying to tempt my daughter to go steal a candy bar at 7-Eleven. I would never do such things. Hey, go ruin your life. Let's go. God is not that God. And if you think that's the God that you serve, you're serving the wrong God. But Because my, my God is love, and he loves you enough to go mess up your life. If you want to mess up your life, and he loves you enough to care for you through it, even if you do. And he goes, God is not one who's going to tempt you, but... Each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by what? His own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. See, I, I sometimes have a hard time when pastors get up and they talk about sin as just missing the mark. Sin means you just missed the mark. Because let's be real, all vitality, all joy, all peace is destroyed when sin enters into the body. Is this too real? Do you, I mean, I can, I can go back to just talking about love. But let's be real, I think so many times churches, all they talk about is grace. And, that we're, and now we're misusing grace. And we're not seeing that every single one of us are on a path of death. Because we're trying to satisfy our desires. You see, I was afraid, honestly. I was truly, honestly afraid to get up and talk about this. Because nobody, especially in America, doesn't want to hear about someone messing with their life because it's my life, Joel. You have nothing to say, and that's fine. You do you, but I promise you, you continue that path. It says it leads to death, and you've seen it. You've seen it in other people's lives, haven't you not? And they're tempted away by desires because things get a little scary. But can I just be honest, at Echo City Church, we're not going to be afraid to talk about the hard topics. We're not going to be afraid to talk about the real things, because the real things actually affect us. And I want to give you faith. And the biggest thing is this, is God has called us to be love. God has called us to be peace. God has called us to be joy to this world. But when we allow sin to enter into our mind, into our heart, and the desires that we have, and I'm not saying all desires are bad. Come on, somebody. Like, I love that we have desires. God has put a desire in our heart. But let's be real. There's some desires that lead to death. And, and James is trying to say, he's like, don't be deceived. Don't be lured. Don't be lured away because if you're lured away 
and you're in, 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 in hand, like enticed by your own desires, it's going to lead you to places. You see, the word here, lured, is, is a fishing term. And we, if you've ever been fishing, you know what I'm talking about. You cast, the hook goes into the water, a fish is just swimming by, oh, I'm hungry, and snatch, grabs a lure, fish is taken out of the water, and let, how many guys know where are fish supposed to live? Duh. <laughs> Don't insult my intelligence, Joel. I'm not, I'm not, but let's be real. Where's, the fish are supposed to be living in water. We're the ones taking them out, and they're sucking air. <gasps> it's kind of demented, right? Some of you are like, I'm never going fishing again. <laughs> but, like, let's be real. Like, can I just tell you, you outside of God is sucking air. And I'm here to tell you, oh, come on. I'm here to tell you, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. When Satan tries to dangle that thing in front of you, honey, if he keeps calling you, don't take the bait. Just ignore. Just block. I don't need that anymore. You've ruined my life once. You're not doing it again. When you're sitting there and you're saying, man, oh, I just wish, I just need to get out of this. Don't take the bait. Listen, listen. Sin is fire. And some of you are playing with fire and you're scooping it onto your lap and saying, oh, it won't burn me. <laughs> See, I was talking about this. My daughter's going to come out. Never done this. I've never had one of my kids preach, but I'm going to let this one preach. She said something when we were talking about this, and I want her. Come on, give me one more time. Give it up for this awesome beauty. Come on. Say what you said. So yesterday, he was practicing his sermon like he always does, and I was listening to it like I always do. <laughs> and I had a vision about this house, and it's on a hill. It's an old, nasty house, and this house is on fire, and it's burning up. And we're all, we're all in this room, and you're sitting in the room telling yourself that fire isn't real and sin isn't real. And it's surrounding you. The fire is on your lap. And Jesus, the fireman, walks in. He's coming to you and telling you, take my hand. Take my hand, and I will lead you to a perfectly good house across the street. And this house has everything you want and desire in it. There's angels surrounding it. All you need to do is take my hand. And we're still sitting on this couch. We're all sitting on this couch telling ourselves that fire and sin are not real. Jesus, the fireman, looks at you and says, the enemy is real. The enemy will try to lure you into this fire in this sin. I am trying to help you, take you to the other side. To the other side of the street, to this perfectly good house. All you have to do is take his hand. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Give it up for my daughter. Come on, all you got to do is grab his hand today. Woo, get out.
get out of here. I love you. Listen, some people say that the next generation is dead with Jesus, but I'm going to tell you, they're the ones that are going to change this world for God. You see, I'm going to start moving into closing now because I don't want to be the kind of pastor that just berates and he hits. I want to share with you something. James says temptation is not avoided. He doesn't say it may happen. He says when it happens, I want to let you know, know something. It may not be avoided. You might want to write this down. Temptation may not be avoided, but you can overtake it. And you can overcome. And it won't take you down. See, a lot of people say if, if, I, I, if I'm tempted, is that a sin? No. It's not a sin if you're tempted. It's a sin if you act in it. And I want to share with you something um, that I want you to, and you can write this down. And I want you to put this in your heart. And I want you to put it in your spirit because I know this, is that we are the children of the regeneration. And he wants to use you in the great ways. And he wants you to have these campfire stories that change the world. And I want you to know Jesus, he made an escape for you. If you feel like there's no way out of what you're into, and you're sitting there saying, man, there is no way out. Can I tell you? God made a way out for you. You don't have to stay in your sin. You don't have to sit in your sin and believe it's not going to burn you. Because you have been burned. How many of you know this? You've seen or you've been a part of in your life where sin has taken you out at one point in your life. It's dark. No one sees. Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Everyone's like, me. I'll raise my hand. It's done it to me. And I, I want to tell you, there's a way out. Paul says this. And I want you to put 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 up for you. And I want you to put this in your heart. When you feel like you can't get out, it's too hard. I want you to know, he says this, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. That's not common to man. God is what? Faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. That you will be able to endure it. That nothing will be able to tear you down. That you'll be able to get out of it. And I'll tell you why. Because Jesus chose not to stay up on a throne, but come down as a man on earth. I think a lot of times we look at Jesus as God, but we never look at him as man. We never look at him as you and me. And that's why I love James is because James saw Jesus in every form in his childhood. He saw him as an adult. He saw him in his teenage years where we're still praying for ours. Come on, somebody. If you want to pray for me, I'm going through a trial right now, and it's called puberty. So just kid, help me out. But he saw him in every stage of his life. And now James looks and says, I can trust in this man because he, went, he didn't just stay up. He came down and he died. Hebrews 4.15 says it this way. And they're going to throw that up for me. Hebrews 4.15 says 
I'm going to go over here. There it is. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, with our temptations, but one who in every respect has been tempted as me and as you are, yet without sin he moved on this earth can I tell you Jesus was the greatest example to say listen if I can do it everything common to man I had placed on my life yet I was able to not sin and to move so I can be a perfect sacrifice for you and for for me but there was a time where Jesus was about ready to walk into the unknown we call that the wilderness experience and as he's walking into the unknown, he, he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Come on, that's incredible. And he's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And at the end of his fast, I mean, how many guys know if you didn't eat for 40 days, you'd be hungry? And it says at the very end of that, here comes Satan driving a Krispy Kreme van <laughs> with those beautiful, delicious morsels of sugar. And he's like, hey, you hungry? You hungry? I got something for you. I got something for you. And, and can I tell you, the enemy, if he has, he's going to tempt, he's going to tempt you. You cannot avoid temptation. If Jesus was tempted, you're going to be tempted. Come on, somebody. And as he's sitting there and he has an eight, here comes Jesus. And can I tell you something? Satan's stupid. Let me tell you why. Because he has been tempting the same way for many, many years. And he hasn't changed his identity. He hasn't changed how he does it. He hasn't changed the way he does it. And so let me tell you, I'm going to give you a leg up on Satan today. Amen? See, this is what happened. He comes to Jesus and 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 shows you how Satan has always tempted. Look at this. He says, do not love the world or the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Can I tell you, Satan is the God of this world in his mind. And so basically, John is saying, don't love what Satan throws at you. And he goes, this is how he does it. So you ready? For all that is in the world, he does it in three ways. Number one, he gives you the desires of the flesh. Let me kind of show you in Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus' temptation. When he's, here's Jesus, hasn't ate 40 days, 40 nights, keep that up, don't take it down. 40 days, 40 nights, Satan comes up to, to Jesus and he goes, hey, you must be hungry. Your flesh is kind of hungry, right? You hungry? Of course, Jesus is probably like, yeah, I'm hungry. He goes, then do me a favor. Turn those loaves into bread. The desires of the flesh. Number two is this. And the desires of the eyes. See, Satan, the next, the next thing is this. He took him on top of a high place. It was like a Mufasa Simba moment. And he said, hey, look at the whole world. Everything that the light touches is yours, Jesus. All you got to do is just kind of bow down and Worship me. Jesus remains quiet. And then the next one is this. And pride of life. See, the third temptation 
that you can read about in Matthew 4, Luke 4. Satan goes, okay, since I didn't get you with those two, I want to do what I did to Adam and Eve. I want you to see your life, and you know you could be God over it all. You can think like God. You can talk like God. You can be God. And so he goes, all you got to do is throw yourself off, and the angels will catch you. Can I just say something? Satan has been doing that for a long time. He's trying to get your eyes off of God. He's trying to make you move in the desires of the flesh. And he's trying to make you say, God's not real. He's dead. But can I just be honest with you? In the wilderness, you need to learn how to use the word. In the wilderness, you need to get this in you. You need to get close to it. Because let me tell you, the only way Jesus was able to defeat the, to defeat the enemy was to look at him and say, hey, 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 <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get me, Satan. Because let me tell you, what it's, what's written is this. I will not worship anything, no bread, no, no, no flesh, no eyes, no godly powers are going to make me worship anything apart from God. He is my bread. He is my life. He is going to take me to places I've never seen. I'm not going to go in that place, Satan. So I got a word for you today. I got a word for you today. Jesus looked at Satan and he said, be gone. Get out of here. Or here's a, this is for today. Write this down. Put it on your heart. Take a picture of it right now. You're going to look at Satan when he comes your way and says, God's not real. Look at him and go, not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Not today. I ain't going to go down that path. I've gone down that path way too many times, and it's taken me places I don't want to go again. Not today, Satan. Oh, come on. Just give in to the flesh. Not today, Satan. Oh, come on. Just give in to what you want. Not today, Satan. What I have in me is more powerful than what you're bringing me. So not today, Satan. Be gone. You ain't going to take me down no more. I'm free. And if I'm free, I'm free indeed. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going back. I'm not letting go. I'm pushing forward. Come on, somebody. Not today, Satan. Let's have some fun. Now, just stay standing. We're, I'm going to end right here. You see, I want you to know something. You see, Jesus went on his life. He died, and the enemy thought he won. We sang about it today. But Jesus, can I tell you, came back. He's the only one that has looked death in the face and come back. And some of you feel like today you're, you can't come back from what you've gone through. You can't come back. And I'm going to tell you something. I want you to hear me big. The same regenerative power that was in Jesus to bring him back from the dead. The word says, Jesus says, now lives in every single one of you today. And today, with every eyes closed, we're going we're gonna to dismiss. And for the sake of people around you, please don't look around. I, I want this to be for you and for God. If you're in this room, you're saying, man, my life has been lived by desires, and desires have taken me to places I know I shouldn't go. And if that's you, I just want you to lift your hand and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, give it up for these people that lifted their hands. I had a little girl raise her hand. 
Now it's a simple prayer. All I want you to do is just say, Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. I repent of my sins, and I want a new heart. In your name I pray, amen. Come on, the heavens are rejoicing. So should we. Come on, let's rejoice today. People came to know God. Thanks for joining us today. And if today's message may have impacted you or helped you in any way, give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Let us know what you think. We hope that you have a good rest of your week.